0: Hello, everyone. This is A New Books. My name is Yakir Englander, and I am your host for today. And today we have with us George Shalaba, and we are going to speak on your book, How to Be Depressed, um, printed by um, the University of Pennsylvania Press. Um, George, welcome. Thank you, Yakir. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. A few words just to introduce you to our listeners. Um, you are an atheist and literary critic, and your work, which are fascinated. This is my personal judgment. were published in The New Yorker, The Nation, The New Republic, and many other places. And also, um many of them were collected in a few volumes. So thank you again for joining us. And my first question, um, what's made you to decide um, to publish such an unique book, um, where you really open portions of your life um, to the readers? Um, I I will say that I took the book in one afternoon and I seriously couldn't but ending it um, in the first night na- in the same night. So I wonder if you can share with the with our listeners a little bit about what have made you to decide to r- publish this book. Um, yes, please.
1: Well, it was um, <clears throat> it actually was a friend's idea. One of my friends, John Summers, who was the editor of the Baffler magazine, was helping me get through depressions, or at least the last two or three since I knew him. And when one of them started, he said, you know, it might help, might at least be interesting to um, see what your medical records looked like. So I wrote away um, uh, to all of the hospitals and clinics that had them and um, got them. And we didn't, they weren't any of any... Therapeutic use, really, but um, after he poured through them, he said, "I think there may be an article here. Will you let me do you let me excerpt these records uh, for the baffler? He did, and I mean, I was not sure what to make of it um certainly would never have thought of the idea on my own, but he's a very good editor, and I trusted his judgment and um and the article, the article actually got a fair amount of response and and some some gratitude Mm. so um so when i the next time i had a depression i wrote those tips for the depressed you know without the idea of ever publishing them just 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 something i wish i'd known and something that i thought it would be nice if other other people knew but couldn't imagine how to get it to them and he once again had the idea of taking an expanded selection of the uh, records plus uh, an essay I'd written about depression, an interview I'd done about depression and these tips for the depressed, which is the last part of the book. And, um, you know, and he offered it to a few publishers. And, um, and one of them, Penn, um, to my amazement, um, decided to do it. Um, so in a sense, uh, it wasn't my initiative. Um, you can't really take credit for it. And, um, you, you mentioned that it is an unusual thing to open oneself in quite that way. Right. But, um, right. And if I had been a professional, person a business person someone with a reputation to maintain um, I'm not sure that I would have had the courage to um, to open my life to that kind of scrutiny by colleagues that I was see every day but I didn't um, I had a very unimportant and Undemanding clerical job, uh, the people I worked with were not going to see the book ever, and so so it really did
0: did you did you get reaction like people contact with you um I wonder which kind if if people wrote you or called you or spoke with you after that and because it's such a unique book to have on the bookshelf. <sighs>
1: Um, a lot of people wrote, um, nobody called, I, right? I guess you have to be as old as me to actually, um, think of making use of the telephone as a primary, <laughs> <laughs> um, and people came up after, um, readings, but, um, But that was cut off really at the very beginning with this book since it was published only a few weeks before before the closing down of just about everything. Right. So, yeah, so I would have expected people to hang around running to, well, in bookstores and readings at other places. You can't expect to engage the author in a sort of lengthy conversation, but. You know, but people do ask for your email address, and if you're open to that, then they'll write you and
0: So one of the things that we are learning in the book is about the process that um, you as a person, but also the different uh, doctors and uh, therapists walk with you during a period of many years. And I wonder, um, what we can learn or what you have learned. Um, from the book, by by publishing these materials, what we can learn about changes in the um, psychiatric and uh, um, way of thinking or way of reacting and behaving with the clients.
1: Two big things. The first is medications are in and psychoanalysis is out. You know, fifty years ago, well, maybe sixty years ago psychoanalysis was completely hegemonic, and now it's it's practically extinct. Insurance doesn't even pay for it. And the second thing is uh, legal liability. Psychiatrists and therapists are much more conscious now of, um, of patients' rights. It's a good thing and also has its disadvantages. Um, they, well, as you can see in the book, they sometimes... Write only the most cursory therapy notes. And the reason for that is that, you know, now patients can see them and, um, can sue if they don't like what they read. It's the same with hospitals. I, during one of my episodes, spent a week at McLean. And, um, you know, one thing after another, I would scratch my head and, you know, wonder what why they why they would do this and and the reason it always turned out to be um because the insurance company demanded it. So I I'm not sure um I'm not sure how to you know how to evaluate those changes. Um I'm I'm not anti antidepressant by any means. Mm-hmm. Still yeah. But uh but I do think it it's become a it's become a too easy orthodoxy.
0: I wonder also, George, if you one of the th- changes that we have in the past, for sure, ten, but kind of also twenty years, is um, the virtual world, um, the internet. People today can connect with people. Mm-hmm. Um, Jean Vanier is a Catholic theologian. Um, he said that there are more connections on the in the virtual world, but much less relationships. Mm-hmm. So I wonder about that Um, from your experience or from experience of others who deal with depression. Do you find the internet as a place that can help during the um, the hard moments? Um, If yes, if yes, how? And if not, why not?
1: Well, um, no, it uh, it can't give you the the milk of human kindness which is until some miraculous cure is found for deception is probably what helps most of all. Yeah. But, you know, short of sort of the uh, ultimate in, in human relationships of the deepest possible human relationship, it, it can help. Um, I mean, my best friend, Lives outside New York City, um, and you know I'm in regular communication with him when I'm depressed and even when I'm not. <laughs> um, hmm. uh, so I'm grateful for you know grateful for the wired world in that sense. Also, in another uh, sense, I. I got through a couple of episodes, partly by, by watching several seasons of, um, popular television shows, Mm. um, things that I wouldn't, wouldn't be caught dead watching between, um, episodes, but, um, but they were, um, you know, I would just really look forward to my hour each day, which is what I allowed myself. Um and um so um so it has its uses um and it has its abuses. I, I, yeah. as you probably know there's a, a body of research by now um about teenagers, adolescents yes. who kind of are more or less addicted to their and serious emotional problems.
0: Right, result. right. Yes. Yes. And um, thank you for that. So my, another thing that I've seen um, and I, um, in the book is that connection is like the, the times when the depression um, was um, stronger and times, sometimes it's like months or even years um, when um, it was not. And one of the questions that I'm walking with, and also by um, meeting, like, you know, the um, questions about depression in general, is the question of how much we as human beings, with our beings, how much the time when we are depressed, when people are depressed, is almost like a different self and how much do you feel that there is a continuation between the time of depression and the time of not being depressed I also think about like what could be like is it important to remember in times when you feel better that these these times of depression are going to come back, or they were there, and how much it brings questions of like, so who we are as humans? Um. Well, in some ways, I
1: I do feel like a different person when I'm depressed. Uh, my metabolism actually changes. I normally stay up late and get up late, but when I'm depressed, I I Go to sleep early and get up early um, during you know normally if I go to the gym, if I um take a long walk or just feel tired and collapse on the bed i can I'll just fall asleep um, right away for half an hour forty five minutes. when I'm depressed, I'm often you know a lot more exhausted fatigued than that. But I'll fall on the bed and um, and I will. Uh, it's hard to describe, but um, will fall toward sleep and then spasm. Mm. Um, you know, and I will just go for half an hour doing that. And eating patterns and it. You know, it's in externals. I really. You know, so. Someone has simply altered my program. Um, how to think about those times when when you're well I think you should I think you should just well um, not that you well you should or you shouldn't, depending on the reason why uh, why you're not if you're not thinking about it because you know because things are humming and um, your life is full and rich and, okay you can stop a minute and think um fate, fate has a peculiar sense of humor don't know what's in, in store for yeah um but it's not really important to think really hard about it but if you um you know if if you're traumatized and yeah. you can't bear to think of it um then, you know, don't have to force yourself uh, um at any particular time but but yes you do need to um you do need to face up to it just because you know all of all of life's growth really comes from facing difficulties.
0: Yes. Yes, there is in the Jewish tradition um a very complicated and sensitive saying that when, you know, the divine created Adam, um God said, Look at them, and this and God said, like, oh, it's really good. And the rabbi I asking why when God creates nature, God only said that, okay, it's good. But when God creates humanity, God said, Very good, and the rabbi said Because good is that they are alive and very good that they must remember that one day there is death and there are challenges. Um, And in a way, something about the challenges can make us to be maybe tougher toward the world, but also it can be able, it's very, it's like a tool to help us to become maybe more vulnerable and to understand others. I wonder from your experience, this, these times, these periods of depression, when you come out from that and then you think about humanity, and when, even when you write your beautiful essays, um, where your personal journey brings you into your intellectual one, like how, how to look at the world, how to look on others' challenges.
1: Well, um, when I was uh, younger, um, I was really uh, frustrated, um, just awfully um, disappointed in life and myself, um, and I thought that that I ought to, and maybe would. Um. just redeem my you know failure to be distinguished or that I would get back on track and it would be an intelligible and you know laudable life of the of the well, usual kind for a um. you know bright young yeah Ivy League graduate and then sixties and seventies. Um, but as you know, as life plotted on and, uh, I would come out of the depressions no longer thinking, well, okay, now I will, um, uh, make the whole thing right. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, would think, well, um, I've made it. I'll stagger on to, um, as long as i can and um, uh whether it's a successful life um an intelligible life um, or not i give up that's i suppose at some point i, I can't I, you know, pinpoint the um when but um as a result of you know these episodes but also just of the course of my life i just um i just decided Success, failure, um, you know, who cares? I give up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not recommending it, um, not justifying it. It's it just seems in retrospect to me how, um, how this, this experience of um, frequent episodes of clinical depression has kind of fundamentally changed my
0: sense of my life over time. Yeah. So in a way, there is um, a need to accept life as it is and not in the way that you may be dreamt about how life should be when you were younger.
1: Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't prescribe that to anybody. Um, it's quite possible that, it, you know, that that the I- ideal they had for their life is a worthy one. and. Um, was fighting for um, even in the face of reverses and years of reverses. Um, yes. But for me, um, for me, that's uh, that's how it happened.
0: Yeah. Another question that um, I have is about the place of religion. Um, during the for sure, in the be- in the beginning, in the first years, there there is a dialogue between you and a therapist about the place of religion, um, you know, dreams and um disappointments of religion towards you, and but today I I wonder about something else. Now that you look, you know, after a few a decades, I wonder. How do you look on the place of religion um and depression? like how much do you feel that people um who have faith and they can hold their faith um it can comfort also, I wonder if religion needs to have faith like can do you feel that you can maybe come back? To some portions of your religious backgrounds and use them to feel better or as a use in your life, so there so maybe to sum up, I will say like I wonder how your perspective of religion um has changed during the years
1: uh it It hasn't changed too much um. I as a little boy uh was afraid of everything. And uh so um so heaven sounded, you know, like the answer to my all my fears. And so I was very pious, little mm-hmm. boy, an altar boy, and um and joined Opus Day, which was very rigorous and traditional and promised promised eternal life. And when i sort of thought my way out of it, um I was uh afraid of everything again mm. um and gradually learned how to live in the world and not be afraid of everything um but the um i mean and i I was always aware of that in Rejecting a particular kind of um, counter-reformation Catholicism, very traditionalist and um, rigorous that that left that left quite a lot else um, to be explored. And I've done some exploring, um, Buddhism, which I respect enormously. Likewise, followed by many of the Talmudic uh, many of the um and you know I, if religion is an honest reckoning with the deepest truth, then I respect any such person no matter what they conclude, whether they conclude that there's a supernatural god or or not i yeah. I, I haven't moved um very far back in that direction, um,
0: and other um non-religion but spiritual practices like meditation or m- maybe something else?
1: I've tried meditation, and um, not very good at it. I think I'd rather spend the time uh, reading reading the history mm-hmm. and theology of um, well of Christianity and Judaism and um, Buddhism and Islam. Um. Yeah, I. I mean, I certainly am aware that it's my loss that I can't. You know, seem to <laughs> meditate, but um, mm. so be it. So, yeah.
0: So I wonder, George, if um, I I want to quote from you uh t- for you um. About a debate. That is in um, the Jewish text, in the old Jewish text, which called the Talmud, and there is debate between two schools, between the schools of uh, Shammai and the schools, uh, the school of Hillel, and they have a debate about an existential question. Um, one of them said that it was better to humanity or to humans not to be born than to be born. And the other one says, it is better to be born than not to be born. And after three years of debates, they came to the conclusion that it is better not to be born than to be born. However, since we we are born, and then they give you a list of things what you need to think about. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But... The, as always, at least in the Jewish tradition um where I grow up, um you know, the questions are much more interesting than the answers. Mm-hmm. And I feel that what a courage for two schools of rabbis to debate about this question and not to say, oh, thank you, God, that I was born. Thank you for giving me life every day. I need to thank you. But to the opposite, to ask a question like, hmm, I'm not sure, sure it's so good to be alive. Um, When I read the book, and and I I will tell you why why this um, Midrash, this Talmud came to my mind when I read your book. When I read the book, at the beginning, I was so hoping that it will become better and better and better. And then as the chapters move on and move on, I've learned that it's one of the most honest books that I ever read. And then when I came to the end, when you give advices to people who deal with depression, your voice there is different. Like you give people, you give, you gave me and so many others, um, a lot of hope. And I wonder where maybe the quotation of the Talmud meet you today.
1: Well, um, the... The question of whether life is worth living is a little bit um, like the question I was just talking about: whether my life was a success or not. It's um, at some point I just gave up um, trying to decide. And what I suppose I do live for, well, to some extent, the essays that are gathered in the uh, previous five books of mine. Mm-hmm. but also um the one in the first chapter, which uh, of of this book uh message from one one o one, which I think tugs the conscience of anyone who's well anyone with a conscience um and and tips for the depressed. I just had such a strong feeling uh writing those tips down um and rewriting them and rewriting them um, of I don't know compassion sounds a little grand, but um I just wished so much that I could do something for somebody in circumstances like mine, which I guess is another way of saying, yeah, for me and you know, and then when it all came together to into this book, and it looked like it might, who knows, may yet, um, you know, reach numbers of people, um, the satisfaction of, that it might speak to, help, at least a few of them, the satisfaction is intense. So, it's moments like that. It's not just a moment. I wrote them, you know, over months. And um but that's um, that's the my current answer to the question whether <laughs> I I
0: love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for that. Um so my last question, it's going to be personal. Um Parker Palmer, um He speaks in one of his books um, and also in some podcasts um, about times when he dealt with depression, and he shared that one of the most one of these moments that really helped him was a monk, a brother, who came and gave him, you know, who didn't try to speak with him too much, but he came like every afternoon for a while and just gave him foot massage and told him, hmm, it feels that you your feet are more relaxed today or more tense or whatever, and didn't try to talk with him too much, but he was being with him. And I wonder if you have a memory or a moment of, um, as a gift that you give us by writing this book, and mostly the last part of it, I wonder if you remember a moment that helped you personally.
1: Yes, I, I have a friend in New York. Um, and, uh, for about six weeks, she would drive up, get up, you know, at six o'clock on Saturday morning, drive up, spend the uh, weekend with me and, um, She's a she was a teacher, so she had to get up very early for school. Um and, and drive back, you know, late on Saturday night. Sun Sunday night. Um and she did this for six weeks or so. Um, you know, um it was just the
0: just the kindest, most generous thing. It's beautiful. George, thank you so much for writing and publishing your book. Um I can tell you again personally and for some people that already I gave them your book, um, it's such a gift. It brings lights into um, I think a subject that we many times even afraid to speak about. And when we speak about, we speak or with um, I feel sometimes maybe unmature hope or with darkness that doesn't give a hope. And I think that What I love the most about your book is that I felt a very mature being. So thank you so much for that. Well, thank you, Akir, for
1: for, um, for saying so.